Hi, and welcome to episode 153 of No Crying in Baseball, the It's Not a Bubble episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. Whenever you do those intros, like I start thinking, uh, imagining stuff. You know, what does this look like? So when you said it's not a bubble, I'm thinking, what would be similar to a bubble that it wouldn't be? Would it be a balloon? Would it be like that's <laughs> a, a comparable thing? You just put me to thinking right away and it and it kind of goes goes off baseball usually. I'm a thinker and I want you to be a thinker too. Yeah. For I'm, sure. I'm pondering, pondering, like okay. poo. Pondering's I can ponder. Good. One thing that's cool this week is we have a new sponsor on Patreon. We want to say thank you to Karen Martin. You too can join Karen in sponsoring this podcast and maybe get some cool different stuff by going to Patreon. Check us out at P-A-T-R-E-O-N, that's patreon.com slash no crying in b-ball. And we would love to have your extra support. On today's show, we welcome a special guest, Marla, from the pod- podcast Mansplain Baseball Elsewhere. Playoffs are only a week away already, so we're going to get you all set up with everything you need to know. We've got great news for the Brock Star. We've got crap news for Verlander. And we've got even more in the category of public health, including a COVID PSA from Big Poppy and more COVID news. And now we have to monitor freaking air quality. Boyfriend Josh Donaldson kicks up some dirt, and we've got international baseball. That was the best summary. I feel like I don't even have to talk. Like you just, you just nailed it. Okay, we're done. Thank you and good night. <laughs> exactly. Good night, potty mouth. Um, but really, <laughs> we care about Verlander. He's had an amazing career. He was supposed to be back out there for the Astros this season, who are somehow doing it without him. I don't know how they're pulling it off, but he hasn't had a start since uh, July 24th. He had some soreness in his arm. And it turns out that he is not only out for this season, but he's probably going to be out for next because he has has to have Tommy John surgery. Now, Verlander's been around for a while. He is turning 38 in February, and he has one year left on his contract, which means that he's not playing for the last year, which means when he comes back, he's going to be a 39-year-old free agent. Am I doing? Yeah. If he doesn't play next season. I think that is correct. And if is a good question because it's tough, right? Mm-hmm. When you have that surgery as a 38-year-old. I mean, some people have. Yeah, it turns out that there are nine other pitchers who had Tommy John at age 37 plus because I, I think he'll be still 37 when he gets actually gets the surgery. So this is his cohort. And they all came back to pitch but only two were starters, which says something. And those two starters, I mean, granted, they weren't Verlander going into it. So that's the wild card. There's nobody been 37 plus of this caliber going into it who came back. But of the two starters who came back after Tommy John at age 37 plus were Bronson Arroyo of the Reds, and he made it half a season. And then Mm. also Jamie Moyer of the Rockies lasted 10 starts. So also not a full season. I hope Verlander gets it. You never know. This could be some record setting hopeful thing. He was, I saw his little Instagram post where he said he's going to take this like he takes everything else. He's going to be optimistic. He's going to think positively. And I thought, I wish, I wish I had that kind of optimism in life. That is a goal. You know, I would love to be, be like Verlander. 
We wish him the best. And we could use some good news. Do you have good news? Do you have happy news? I love Brock Holt. I've been very excited talking about Brock Holt on the Nationals because I adored him on the Red Sox. And now there's a little Brock star, a new baby. He has the cutest kid already, Griffin. And it's worth following Brock's um, Instagram just to see little Griffin because he will be making the majors someday. But now, a few days ago, on the 15th of September, was born Ripken. Yes, Ripken with two Ps, Penn Holt. But yes, the name does come after our dear Cal Ripken. I don't know where the do, extra- do we know that? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that's cool. Because I mean, it's it's spelled like I mean, it reminds me of Rumpelstiltskin the way it's spelled mm-hmm. because the extra P and then an I at the end and all that. But I was hoping it was for Cal. Yeah, that's great. I'm not quite sure why. All I know is that that was mentioned in the article that I read. Healthy baby boy at eight pounds one ounces and little there the the picture of little Griffin holding his brother is really cute. So Brock didn't do a lot this well. Almost didn't do a lot this week. He was out from the 14th to the 17th for paternity leave, which is oh, heartbreakingly short, to be to be honest. But the day after he came back on the 18th, he pitched, which is hysterical, which makes me love Davey Martinez even more. Because Brock, when he came to the Nats, I knew that this was such a good fit because he is such a utility guy. He really can play any position except for pitcher and catcher. Well, Now we're down to catcher because they were getting tanked in the first of a doubleheader against the Marlins. And Davey literally said to Brock, this is your, you know, this is like a bucket list thing. This is, you have two, two positions to go. You want to try one. You're the only guy around with that situation. And that's why he (laughs) let him pitch, which is the best thing. And he like barely warmed up and he didn't actually do terribly. He pitched in the sixth, inning but because it was a double header it was the bottom of the sixth and that's all that or what it was the last seven inning game yeah yeah. and and so you knew that the the marlins weren't going to come up again so it was the bottom of the sixth that was going to be the end of it for the nats but um he his his first battery let up a home run and then he got a foul out and then he let up a few hits so that another run came in but then he got to like pop out in a line out so he got out of it with just two more runs scored. That's not too bad, considering. So do we think we're going to get a, get an opportunity to have him catch before the season's out? We've got a week left, and it's not looking good for postseason, so we might want to have a little fun. Uh, I wish. He did literally say that catcher was the last position that he would want to play, and apparently like that's playing <laughs> out. And he it was a sweet like a statement toward catchers because they have it rough. I mean, it's hard. That's a tough position to stay in. So he's not itching to do the catch, but I would, I want to see him catch. He doesn't want to catch. <laughs> well, after my doomsday scenario for the Nats in the playoffs, I'm going to remind you that the playoffs actually start a week from Tuesday. Oh we God. are recording on Sunday, the 20th and next week, Tuesday, the wild card starts. And here's how the playoffs are going to go this time. They're going to be different. They're expanded. There are more teams and the schedule is different. The wild card round is not a one game head to head winner take all. It is a best of three what? situation. It's best wow. of three. And I'll tell you who those folks are mathematically in just a second. Then the division series starts. And this is where the not a bubble comes in because. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, we've got these only four locations set up. We've got you know, the San Diego location in Los Angeles, and we've got Houston and Arlington set up for the playoffs. But they're not really sealed 
sites, like the players have restrictions, but they're not like the NBA bubble where everybody's there and nobody leaves for this whole long period of time. They're going to move from location to location as the rounds change, right? They're not sealed. So it's not really a bubble, but they are neutral sites. Is it more like a habit trail, like one of those hamster things where you've got the tubes between the bubbles? That's exactly it. Actually, it's a monorail system. <laughs> so- Going from, you know, from San Diego to, you know, Arlington and, and, and back. Sure. That's how that works uh-huh. for sure. So for the the next round for the division series, it's going to be a best of five. And that's going to start on October 5th. And there will be so many games being played that there will be as many as eight games on Wednesday of that week. It's like almost like the regular season. So much baseball. It's <laughs> It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Actually, no, I'm lying. That's the wild card week. The wild card week, there'd be as many as eight games. I, I, I've lost track of this because there are just so many nutty things happening. But there's just so much baseball compressed in a small mm-hmm. amount of time, which Rob Manfred says, we will, we're going to love that. The fans are going to love that. I'm going to, my head's going to explode. Yeah. So I'm going to want to watch all of right. them. But I'm sorry. So back to the division series, it is in fact a best of five. And this time, because they're at neutral sites and they don't have to travel between the sites and they're like, you know, who's home and who's Mm -hmm. away and all of that. There's no break. It's five games in a row instead of two games here. And then a day, a travel day and two games there and a travel day. And then the last game, if needed back at the first place, they're all in one spot. So they're going five straight games. Right. And then for the conference level, the best of seven, which starts October 5th, also Seven straight games. Well, they play until somebody wins four of them, right? Wow. With no days off in between. And so the, the thing about that is it's going to change how managers look at pitching in the playoffs. If you remember the playoffs last year, well, actually, anytime, you can plan for getting more games out of your starters because they have that extra day off in between and you can push them a little bit. And then if you remember last year specifically, a lot of starters got used in relief. Because you could space them out enough and buy a little time between their next start. That's not going to be the case. So definitely the advantage is going to go to the teams who have the deepest starting pitching, right? They don't Mm -hmm. have to depend on bullpen days and that in between in order to get that to go. The World Series, however, which is going to start on October 20th, is going to be the traditional two games, day off, three games, day off two games. So there will be teams who are considered home and away, but they will be playing at a neutral site. So there's no location change. There's no home field advantage as far as being where you live or Mm -hmm. with your home crowd or any of that. Although there are rumors that there may be fans allowed in the stands for the World Series. Really? The World Series is going to be a globe life field in Texas, right? We're going to do a little bit of cross-training with the NFL right now. Right now, the Dallas team is allowing 25% capacity fans for today's game. I haven't checked in to see how it looks. The Ohio, like the Browns and the Bengals played on Thursday and they allowed 6,000 people in the stadium, like 1,500 on each of the four sides of the stadium. And they had a good plan until of how they were like, you had to go in a certain gate. You Mm -hmm. had to go in at a certain time. So they did what they could there, except then it being Cleveland. And again, I can say that I'm from there, a fight broke out. (laughs) So ruining it for everybody. But the fact that Texas is allowing the Cowboys to have fans in the stands 
is leading folks to believe that it could be that there will be fans in the stands for the World Series under very strict conditions, but still. And in freaking Texas, where numbers are not good. Right. So d- didn't it go badly for Kansas? I thought that Kansas City. Wait, that's not Kansas. Um, I thought that Kansas yeah. City. I just I just did a presidential mistake. Uh, let fans in, but that there were somebody like came up positive afterwards, and there was some sort of contract contact tracing. Yeah, this this needs to not be happening. Mm-hmm. I got to say, this needs to not be happening. Um, but back to numbers, because who loves numbers? I love numbers. The who plays who in the playoffs, starting with the wild card and moving on, is based on seeding, tournament seeding, and here's how that works: the one, two, and three seed out of the eight. So remember, there's going to be eight teams from each conference: eight National League teams, eight American League teams. One, two, and three will be the winner of each division based on their record. So those the top team in each division, then based on the record between those three teams. Okay. The next, the, the four, five, and six seeds will be each of the second place teams in each division based on their record. But note that some of those second place teams could have better records than a first place team in another division, right? Because some divisions are way close right. together and some are farther apart. Um, and then the... The wild card teams, team seven and eight, will be the the next two teams in that conference based on record. So after you take out the first place teams and the second place teams across the board in the American League and in the National League, the next two teams based on their record will be the wild card teams who will play each other. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's so a it's lot. a lot. And and then like the playoffs are then like going to travel ball where the number one seed plays the number eight seed and the number four plays. An, yeah. So it's, it's quite a thing currently as of, you know, six o'clock on Sunday, the 20th, only four teams have clinched and sorry, five teams have clinched and we've only got a week to go. So it's, you know, it's everything is compressed in the national league. Only the Dodgers have clinched. That's wild. Only the Dodgers have clinched. Although San Diego could clinch with one more win. And they're gonna, they're definitely gonna. Yeah. And the American league, Tampa Bay, the A's, the white Sox. May I just say, woo, the white Sox and the twins have all already clinched. So half the teams that are going to be playing um, in the playoffs for the American league have already, have already clinched. So here's the thing. So, to get eight teams in both leagues, some of those teams are going to be under 500. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's just how it works, especially in those divisions that are close. Like right now, the AL Central is super close. So not a lot separates, you know, everybody mm-hmm. really. They, there was a dead heat for a while for first place. Whereas, you know, the the NL West, the Dodgers and the Padres are way far away from everybody else. So, right. you know, you're not so it, you're going to end up with a, with a couple of teams under 500 probably. In the playoffs. So that's one of the criticisms. And then for going forward, this model is only for this year. It's only been agreed on for this year. But there's a lot of talk of we want expanded playoffs in years to come. What would that look like? Hmm. One concern is because you don't have to be as good to make the playoffs, it could be that teams may not try as hard. And by it, and I say teams here, I don't mean the players. I mean the front office, the people ownership. who are yeah. ownership, who are, do you need to get the best people if you really only have to get about a 500 record? Do you have to pay a premium? So this could hurt players in that case. On the other hand, 
your team, if you have a mediocre team, is in the hunt for a mm -hmm. lot longer. So as a fan, it could be better because it's going to be until the very last minute where your team might still be in it. So a lot of work, I think, will need to be done to kind of massage this into something that that makes sense that it doesn't, you know, endanger salaries for players and it doesn't ruin it for the fans, right? Yeah, it's going to come down to money because everything comes down to money. So if teams are making if more teams are making more money because more people are invested, like you're saying, until the end, I think that's a big push in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. So the complication in like finalizing this whole plan uh, we alluded to last week was what about the families and how are they going to get to go or not go? So here's how it came down. All right. Starting this week, the last week of the regular season, the 28 active players and a 12 player taxi squad and 50 additional personnel. These would be coaches, um, clubhouse people, uh, front office folks, whoever you need to be on site, up to 50 of those folks have to start quarantining. And if they are playing at home this week, they quarantine at their, they have a, a hotel. They have a transitional hotel where they're going to quarantine. If they're traveling, they all have to stay together on the road and the road hotel, but like no more, uh, you know, anything around the fringe, right? Uh, there are a couple of exceptions. If you are, if you live by yourself and you're at home, you might be able to quarantine at home. There's a couple of ways you can like not have to be in the hotel all this time. When you move to the neutral site, there are, you know, the, the quote bubble hotels, your spouse or your partner, your children and a childcare provider can be with you if they have gone through this, this current week, like transition quarantine with you. There's also going to be like family hotels that are not part of the quote bubble, which you can have up to like six additional family members or friends who are nearby that you could have like supervised outdoor visits with. Again, this is not a bubble because you get to see other people, wow. right? This is a bubble with an understanding, right? We get to see other people. They have to be <laughs> responsible people though. That's, that's, it's just, that's a very porous bubble, you know? It's, that's why it's not a bubble. Quite. It's it's yep. more like a very fine sieve. <laughs> but yep. yep. But it's definitely a sieve, man, because stuff can get in and out. It's mm -hmm. not good. It's not good. And it is real. I mean, COVID is real. And there was a bombshell on the Friday Night Nesson broadcast of the Yankees-Red Sox game. They were interviewing David Ortiz in um, between, you know, along with the game, who is admirably wearing full Patriots gear, like little Patriots hat and outfit and i'm sorry yeah it was, yeah it was it was pretty sweet we are real, i'm loving the patriots these days but besides the patriots he sort of threw out in the conversation that he had just gotten over covid and he had luckily just gotten a negative test um but it kind of threw everybody for a loop because things like that you would think hit the news and what he said was that it wasn't bad for him he was asymptomatic but his brother had it really bad badly and his brother was in the hospital for a week and lost 25 pounds. Oh, geez. Yeah. So it was serious. So as Ortiz said, the, the quote from the interview was, man, this is no joke. You don't realize how crazy this is until it hits home. And that's the fucked up part with this whole disease is that nobody takes it seriously until they see it right there. And for him, it's super scary because he would have actually been, or he is at high risk. And luckily it didn't happen because of his injuries from being shot this past year. And recovering oh from that. God. 
So we still need to keep an eye on this. I mean, we're all sick of it. Nobody wants to deal with this disease anymore, but we have to process it the, the safest way, the, the way to keep everybody safe. And it's it's been hard watching baseball this year because of that nervousness. Like what's what's going to happen? The MLB itself has been doing better. Again, you know, the last round of tests, there were no players or staffs That's or staff amazing. members that, that came up positive, right? Wow. And um, only and two people from one team's alternate trading site, they didn't say what team that was, turned out positive, but that's it. And those people, those folks are separated from the active players and active staff. MLB also said no new positives for 19 days, which makes me sure then that that Giants scare was definitely a false positive. Oh, right. right? Because it seemed like that, that was that was more mm-hmm. recent than 19 days, right? They said that in the last month, anyone who turned up positive through contact tracing, they determined that that infection did not come from within the team or the team staff. It came from a family member or a friend or somebody like immediately outside. So that's good news. That means the stuff that MLB is doing is actually working pretty well. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, one umpire turned up positive. I don't think that they are under the same testing protocols. I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure. I honestly don't. But one umpire came up positive. And actually, I was watching the Nats Rays game this past week. And the commentators, you know, the the Rays do crazy um, shifts, even in the outfield, said, wow, the Rays have, you know, four outfielders right now. And wait, only three umpires. And they realized that only three of the four umpires were working at the beginning of that game. And it turns out that one of the umpires turned up positive. So they had to get a replacement ump to appear at this game. But there was this, I I found out about this diagnosis days later, but I remember that conversation. Like, why are there only three umpires on the field? That's why. Also, um, one of the Rangers analysts came up with a positive test as well, but he's had no contact with the players. So that's not going to affect games going forward as far as the ability to play games or locations or any of that stuff. If COVID wasn't enough to (laughs) scare us all, to create a public health havoc, to postpone games, now we've got crappy, scary, dangerous air quality from wildfires burning the West Coast of the United States and lots of it. So the Mariners-Giants games that were going to be played in Seattle got moved to San Francisco And then their series with the Padres that's been happening this past weekend got moved from Seattle to San Diego to get away from the horrible air quality. But there's crappy air quality in California too. Like the Oakland A's. I don't know if, did you watch any of these games? I kept thinking that something was wrong with like the resolution Mm -hmm. on my screen because it's like watching through a fog, right? Yep. Yep. I was actually, because the A's game was the only one that was playing in the middle of the day on Saturday. So I was watching that. They had like orange skies and it looked like smoke and they had lights on in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And the players switched from um, those gaiters that they've been wearing like in, in, during the games. So they can throw them up and down depending on where they are to actual medical masks. Like outfielders were wearing medical masks to keep the like the, the from the to keep the smoke inhalation. So it's down. a good thing that they had the masks around for COVID so that they could oh use it for God. the wildfires. What a fucked up world. Like, really, well, that that's the situation. That's crazy. Right? It, it, now it might actually affect the playoffs because, as we said, yeah. Los Angeles is one of the two sites for American League playoffs. And they had to cancel batting practice last weekend in Dodger Stadium because of air quality. 
and dot it wow so i don't know if it's going to get better there, there are there are wildfires right outside of los angeles so who knows what's going to happen so at least briefly they were looking at alternate sites if they couldn't use los angeles that is right? crazy and then one of the stories i read so the cdc said that breathing the air the smoke from those wildfires and all of the uh, the particles that are in that smoke can actually damage your lungs in such a way that make you more susceptible to COVID. Oh like other respiratory God. illnesses, of course, too, but COVID is one of those things. So, you know, this is, it just, it, 2020, man, it just keeps getting weirder and weirder. And I don't think anybody had postponing games because of air quality on the bingo card. How many, so there was there was the shooting one that we talked about, right? Like I'm, th- I'm trying to think of how many reasons are we through right now with postponing games? There's, there's many. Sh- shooting, air quality, COVID, and weather at least. There's at least four different reasons okay. games have been postponed that I am aware of. I really don't want to fill up the bingo card before the end of the season. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, totally, that is bad. Totally that is crazy. Bad. We're going to do our segue into boyfriends then because, hey, we got to have something to be happy about. And we're always happy about our boyfriends. These are the guys that we pick because we relate to them. We each pick one guy per team, per season, and then we talk about them because they're lots of fun. But even though we give them up every year, we have to get a whole new slate of boyfriends because that makes our off-season podcast more enjoyable. We can never quite let them go. I, I just have a, a soft spot in my heart for all of my all of my old boyfriends, including Josh Donaldson, who was my boyfriend when he was with the Blue Jays a couple of years ago, and now he's with the Twins. And he was ejected after a home run. And when I saw that <laughs> that headline, I just thought, wait, how does that work? Like, what what happens behind that? And and what happened? was that he got a little pissed off at the umpire because it, as he was batting, there was a crazy outside pitch that was called a strike. And so apparently he exchanged a few words with the umpire at that point, trying to clarify why he called it a ball. And apparently the words that he exchanged weren't enough to get him kicked out at that point. And Rocco Baldelli, his manager, came out to calm him down. Right. It was why he called it a strike, not why he called it a ball. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Right, yeah. yeah. Why he called that a strike because it was outside. So he ca- gets calmed down by Baldelli. A couple pitches goes by and he hits home run. And that should really be the end of the story because that's what you do when you're pissed off. You focus it, you hit the home run and it's done. Unless you're bad boy Josh Donaldson. Right. Which is probably part of the reason why I love him. Because even oh, though I yeah. just said that, I think that this is kind of spectacular. He ran the home. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. So he he ran his bases. He got to home plate with some eye contact toward the ump and then kicked some dirt on the plate. At which point the ump threw him out of the game. And that's where I think this is really fucked up. Like, really? The guy looks at you and kicks some dirt and then you kick him out. And then, of course, he adds insult to injury and goes back to the plate and kicks more dirt on it. But the whole concept of, like, just let it go, dude. Showing up the ump, man. Umps have such fragile egos in some cases. Some umps. I'm sorry. I should not. I should not stereotype. But there are some, and we can name them all, who have very fragile egos. And heaven forbid you call them on it. And I, I we should name this one. Dan Bellino is this ump. And Donaldson's point was that it wasn't just that call. There were some other calls before that were pissing him off. And I think, though, from his statements in his press stuff after this event, it, it's a it's a very built-up resentment because he feels like umps 
don't have any consequences, you know? And and apparently they don't, like, I don't see any evidence of it. We talk about the KBO and the CPBL where umps get actually demoted to the aminers if they get blown calls. But I have no concept of what happens to umps who get a lot of blown calls. Do you, like, does anything? No, not nothing happens at all. And, and Josh is right because a couple of bad calls can affect your batting average, your on-base percentage, all of these stats that build your career, right? That that your team's going to look at and that other teams are going to look at when it comes to free agency or arbitration or any of those things. Yep. And that's exactly what he said. He said that it's it affects us, should affect you guys. So that's that's my boyfriend that I let go from the Blue Jays. And I mean, I ha- I he's not even with them anymore. And I, I adore Vlad, but Josh Donaldson will always have a soft space in my heart. Indeed. And I'm going to talk about some um, former boyfriends, too, because I realized as I was watching some games the past couple weeks that a couple guys that I chose as boyfriends over the past few years, I picked too early. Mm. So clearly I could see their potential. And I feel good good. about having selected them because they're doing beautifully now. They just didn't do beautifully for me when I needed them for, you know, points for the fantasy team. For instance, Byron Buxton of the Twins is going to be a lot of fun to watch in the playoffs because he's gotten really hot right now. And I keep hearing his name like, wait, you know, when I had him two (laughs) years ago. He was, he had, you know, no, he was in a slump for like most of the season. Cedric Mullins of the O's, you know, came up. In 2018, I picked him for 2019. I was really excited about him, and he got sent down to the minors. So he wasn't even playing in the majors for most of it. He is up now, actually, because of Austin Hayes' injury, and he is steady as can be. He's fielding beautifully. He's a, a, a regular steady hitter. He actually leads the league, I believe, in bunt singles, which somebody oh. like me who likes small ball gets a big kick out of that. That's so look cool. at that. So Cedric Mullins, right? But the one that kills me is last year, I actually picked Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland team as my um, MVP pick at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And he was in a big old slump and then actually had hamate surgery in 2019 at the end of the season. Oh. But what happens when you have hamate surgery, you, potty mouth? It, you, it's a superpower. Then you come back better than ever. It's better than Tommy so, John. <laughs> It's, it's so much better. So today, right before we started to record, Jose Ramirez hit two home runs back to back at bats today. And this was not his only multi-homer game. He had a multi-homer game four days ago and two others this season. So he leads the league in multi-homer games right now. And do I have him this year? No. I had him last year, but I'm very excited because, you know, we do have, as you said, a soft spot for the boyfriends. I just pick them too early as it turns out. You know, I do too. I had Tatis Jr. last year and that was like right when he was coming in. So yeah, soft spot for the guys. Yep. Maybe we should be scouts. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) It's better than my job now. And today on No Crying in Baseball, we are continuing our series of kick ass podcasting women and with us today we have marla from mansplain baseball elsewhere the podcast all about the atlanta team thank you for joining us marla thank you so much for having me i and we were supposed to have ashland too just as a sort of caveat there are three of you on the on the show right you and ashland and emily and the past two weeks just 2020 has been happening and we keep getting little glitches so we're glad (laughs) that we got you and we will you know hopefully stay in touch for the future yeah, we'd definitely like to do more in the future. Hopefully, maybe 
soon, but 2020 yeah. is really trying. So, <laughs> which, which is why we have a new first question. Usually, we open our interviews with "What's your connection to baseball?" which we'll ask you in a second. But because of 2020, we're going to say, "What are you drinking?" <laughs> I am drinking. It's from Fatheads Brewing Company, which I believe they're actually based out of Ohio, Patty. Excellent. But and I'm not sure like how far around the country they go. But this is their Bumbleberry. Oh, that's oh, adorable. It's a blueberry beer it's got honey and stuff in it and it's really really good when you get it on tap at a bar they put little blueberries at the bottom of the glass and it's oh so good that's excellent that sounds worth a trip that is it's pretty good when we can travel again i'll take you back to ohio we'll find it oh yeah (laughs) i totally would love to do that and actually that question is also a tip of the hat to you guys who i very much appreciate start your show with checking in on what everybody's drinking yep we made sure that was a priority even from the (laughs) get-go We find it kind of goes just the whole beer and baseball thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a natural. So why not use it when you're talking about it? So talking about the main idea of today, baseball, what's your personal connection? How did you get into this? I basically started watching baseball when I was like 12 years old. Um, my siblings were all older and out of the house and we kind of lived out in the country. So I couldn't just like walk to a friend's house. So we had TBS and I was watching all sorts of baseball, Atlanta, obviously, but I was also watching a lot of Red Sox that summer and Dodgers and everything like that. But it basically came down to if I wasn't like reading or playing video games, I was watching baseball. And now, what, 16 years later, (laughs) still Mm -hmm. doing it. So just fell in love with it. I can relate. Yeah. So you're not actually anywhere near Atlanta, are you? I can't remember where you are. I'm not. I'm in Pennsylvania. We're in Pittsburgh area. Wow. And the Pittsburgh team's having a... Haven't won you over yet? There. Well, my husband's trying. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone to a lot of games through the years, but and I'll still I'll root for the Pirates, you know, mostly just because they're an underdog right now. I just kind of like, come on, just win a game against the Cardinals. Come on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, I am a Penguins fan. So there's that. But the football's Roethlisberger has to retire. But that's a whole different conversation that's before I can share that comment. That's totally a fair comment. <laughs> So tell us about the origin of your podcast name. We basically, to make a long story short, wanted to at first start a podcast kind of correcting all the other podcasters out there that had no idea what the hell they were talking about. And uh, <laughs> not not us then. <laughs> no, obviously not you guys. <laughs> you know, all the guys out there that love to mansplain when they don't even know what they are talking about or even if it's not baseball related, we, you know, you always see stuff on the timeline about, you know, a woman will say like, oh, I, I enjoy this thing. And then a guy's like, oh, well, you know, actually about this thing is da 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 da. And you're like, right. What? <laughs> so that was the original idea. But then we kind of realized like there are a lot of really great female baseball podcasts out there, you guys included, obviously, but there's not, there weren't any Braves or Atlanta specific ones. So we wanted to, kind of corner that market a little bit and we are all fans of the Atlanta team so we did that and it just kind of snowballed from there and we've been loving it we did we're branching out a little bit more to talk about the other like the rest of the league but we are definitely still Atlanta centric I can totally get that so did the three of you meet online because you're all geographically in different places right yeah yep Emily is in North Carolina and Ashland is in Alabama so none of us are in Georgia (laughs) That's hysterical. <laughs> which people get confused all the time, which is understandable. Yeah, we all we met through Twitter. Huh. Some good things come from it. 
they so do you ever get to any Atlanta baseball games? I have only been to Atlanta once, and that was when they were still in Turner Field. It was their last season there in 2016. My um now husband took me down and that's when we got engaged and we went down as our like engagement trip. Oh, that's sweet. Love it. <laughs> It was sweet. And they were playing the Pirates and beat the socks off the Pirates, which was great. And uh, <laughs> he still agreed to marry me. So that was good. <laughs> it's a good test, really, right? It, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I've only been to Atlanta that one time. So I don't get to see them playing at home much or at all, basically. But I do like to get up, especially when they play the Pirates or even I saw them in Philly one time. I like to get to see them, but mostly I just like going to the games, you know, not that we can do that this year. As an away fan, I can totally relate because I'm a Red Sox fan living in outside of D.C. And Nats are, you know, my B team and I adore the Nats, but it's wild seeing the Red Sox as a as a visitor really right and yeah i mean that's where how i see i've seen them the most over these years has been at camden yard not at fenway which feels kind of weird but still it's good to have the opportunity yeah even though you feel very outnumbered it's still good to well you know interestingly <laughs> red, red, red sox fans have a way of making themselves they're just, loud what yeah. she means is they're really yeah. loud I, I might I be one of those why. loud voices. I might, yeah. I might be one. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah, people at Camden Yards really don't like Red Sox fans. I don't blame them. I feel bad, but yes, yes, I am one of them. I add to that. <laughs> Only when you're me and I yeah. go with you to those games and I name right. my kid Camden for Camden Yards. So, you know, we, <laughs> we are sort of a, a mixed marriage of sorts. <laughs> yeah. That is totally true. So as, as Nats fans though, you know, we see a lot of the Atlanta team and um, you guys are making the playoffs. We aren't. There might be. I mean, we did get the whole thing last year, but still, there's there's a little bit of yeah. Your oh, Atlanta goes again, getting the <laughs> you know, getting the NLEs. But what what's happening lately? Like, what's the latest from this week? Because we've been following peripherally, but you as an Atlanta expert, what would you say is the hottest <laughs> oh, this week? I'd say I'm not an expert for sure. But... <laughs> well, we got beat by the Orioles, so. That happened. Wasn't going to bring that up. You know, it's <laughs> it happened. I really was hoping that Hamels would have a better return, but oh well. But that's just started, right? Yeah. I mean, he just got And that's there. what he said, too. He's like, it's kind of like I just came out of spring training. So, I mean, I'm not down on the guy or anything. I just was really hoping he would come out and dominate. But he starts, I believe, this Tuesday for us. So he can dominate the Marlins. That's fine. Oh. I'd be okay with that, really, because, you know, this weekend we've been losing to the Marlins a lot, we being the Nats in that sentence, for yeah. sure. So what's, I mean, you guys have bats like crazy that are so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I have a great time with that. And then this, this Ian Anderson guy, I don't know, we're pretty awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. He, he's been so highly touted for like three years through the, through the farm system. And it's so good when those guys come up and actually like kill it. Like Acuna did it. And, you know, Swanson did and then had to go back and then is obviously back now and going off like crazy. But it's so easy to get wrapped up in the hype of these minor league guys. And then they come up and they're like, meh. It's like, oh, yeah, they're at a whole different level now. So they're not the best in the league anymore. But yeah, he, oh my gosh, his first start was so exciting. And like, even this past Ouch. week, it's been. <laughs> it was on, on this end of things. It was a little rough, but that's all right. So we old people want to make a lot of Jethro Tull jokes yes. about Ian Anderson. I'm not sure if that translates at all to really anybody uh, below our ages. 
<laughs> okay, just checking. I don't think so. Okay. Not this one anyway. My first question was, did he pitch on one leg? Like, did he just, yeah. But, yeah, but that, that's, that only, that's only funny yeah. for us. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Anderson, for the record, still plays flute on Perched on One Leg. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So on our podcast, you may or may not know we have these baseball boyfriends, mm-hmm. right? We pick a guy on every team that means something to us because they play well, but they also have something special that r- really attracts us. Like Acuna Jr. was my boyfriend last year. Freddie mm-hmm. Freeman was my boyfriend the year before that. You've uh, Potty Mouth has Dansby Swanson this year. I mean, there's there's these guys that we connect with somehow. Yeah. Who's your guy? If you had to pick a guy, who's your guy? Well, my guy was Fultonevich, and then he got DFA'd after his start this year. At, oh. I think it was his first start, which feels like a lifetime ago at this point. But he is still with the Brave system. He cleared waivers. No one took him. Um, so he's actually back, and they say he's throwing, I believe, simulated games at this point. He's put on 10 pounds, because that was a lot of like people were saying, like, is he sick is there something wrong is he just and a lot of Fulty's thing is it's a very mental game for him I think more so even than it, it is for everybody yeah he's for for years now I've been saying like Fulty's gonna come out and dominate the league and everything and I just he's just so lovable you know and he loves pizza and he is so sweet and his little family is just adorable and his wife is a saint and he's got two little adorable kids and he's done a lot for like the community and stuff. So he was my guy and he still is, even though he's not on the current, you know, 40 man. If I had to pick someone from the current 40 man, I would go with Freddie because he's just the best. <laughs> Seems like you guys have similar taste. You have similar taste in a lot of things. You're both monkeys fans. You both go for yeah. the really nice guys, the family sure. guys, the do-gooders. Yeah. That's that's totally admirable. There's something to be said for that. I, th- yeah, I think it's no. a fine personality trait. Charlie Culberson was a lot like that too. And then they let him go too. But we'll see. He's one of those boomerangs. Keeps coming back. <laughs> that is a, that is an awesome quality. And But you have a lot of longevity there. I mean, you have a lot of core players who have been there mm-hmm. now for a couple of years and who are in there for the long haul, right? I'm thinking Acuna yeah. and all these who everybody you know, c- criticized for you taking the, the deal. Contract, and he's, like, and he's like, I'm happy. I, I mean, yeah. I kind of thought that that was beautiful. Still, I think he's still yeah. going to be doing pretty well. He's there for a while. Swanson, I believe, mm-hmm. has through 2022, I think, is his contract. And I'm sure he's not going anywhere. Knock on all of the wood. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. And isn't Freddie Freeman? Well, he's been there for a while. He's as he's, far as lunch. He's said though. over and over he wants to stay with Atlanta through his career. He wants to do what Tripper did. He seems like the Ryan Zimmerman of, of, of the Atlanta team for sure. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm the face of this. This is where, this is my home. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good about that. Where, where does that come from? I mean, it seems like you have more than the average core that's been either been there for a while or staying for a while or both. It's kind of overlapped. I mean, cause they're the best, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I besides that, cause we're not going to accept that as an answer. <laughs> Final answer. Some people have thrown around the idea that it's because a lot of these guys are homegrown or at least grew up watching the Braves. You know, the Atlanta team has kind of a monopoly over the South. And so these guys that are homegrown, they want to stay there. They went up through the farm system. You know, they've been with the system and they want to stay with the same guys, which would make sense. I mean, otherwise, I'm sure climate probably has something to do with it. I'd rather be down in Atlanta than up in Minnesota. That does, yeah. that does <laughs> in sense. March and April. 
I don't know. Plus, it's a young, fun team. They have a manager that people would run through walls for and would kick John Hart's ass for. So, you know. That really says a lot. <laughs> that is so important, man. Because yeah. it, what it's going to do is it's going to make us really – it's going to be hard for us to pick baseball boyfriends next year because yeah. our right. rule <laughs> is that we can't pick somebody who we've already picked and we can't pick somebody the other person picked. Mm-hmm. And I think Atlanta is the only team where both of our boyfriends for all three years are still there. Plus another one, yeah. I think. I think. Mm-hmm. We're going to start looking at prospects again, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. we've got to do that. If Pache comes up, when you have to claim him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I thought there was a lot of excitement. Didn't he do have a little cup of coffee a few weeks back and everyone's pretty excited that he was coming and then that was it? Yeah, basically. All right. Well, next year. Yeah. We're, we're thinking next year, especially if they, I don't know, if they get close and then don't make it this year. I don't know if that gives them more incentive or if they say, well, obviously we need to work with these guys and, you know, do that. I don't know. I, I don't manage a big league ball team, so I can't say for sure, but I think we're going to see more of Pache next year, at least one way or the other. All right. So we'll arm wrestle for him for sure to there get him on the, on the boyfriend list. <laughs> All right. We're going to, we'll come back to you guys for recommendations. That's right. Okay. That's right. Hey, so I'm going to put my Cleveland hat on for a second and say, first, I appreciate you referring to the, the team as the Atlanta team, because that's sort of the, uh, the, the, the style guide for our show. We don't, we know we refer to the Cleveland team as the Cleveland team and the Atlanta team as the Atlanta team. And then mm-hmm. we appreciate that the Washington football team actually named itself <laughs> after what everyone's been calling it for years. Yeah. Anyway. So what's, what's the buzz about, I mean, Cleveland has made a statement that they're going to work on changing the name. The mm-hmm. Washington football team said that is what's happened in Atlanta. Is there, is there a push for that? Are people like, no, we're fine. What, what's the vibe? There's really not much of a push for it. And I'm of the opinion that if it would do more good then I think they should do it. And I've said, especially after the playoffs and the issue with the Cardinals last year, I said, change it, you know, make it the hammers. Mm-hmm. You still got similar imagery that isn't offensive, but a lot. And even I don't, was it spring training? They came out and said, no, we're not looking for a name change, you know? Right. And I see both sides. It's definitely not as bad as like the Washington name, (laughs) but, but if it's causing trouble, I think it should be addressed. And they said after the playoffs last year that they were going to speak with like the chiefs of tribes and stuff. And then the chiefs several months later had been like, yeah, they haven't contacted us at all. So obviously there's a problem there that needs to be addressed. So if it's going to keep causing trouble, I think they should change it. There are also a lot of other people that vehemently disagree with me. So it's going to get pushed back. I know those folks in Cleveland intimately. Absolutely. It's like, mm-hmm. but it's, it's history. It's this, it's that, you know. Yeah, and I'm like, but do you see our, my skin color? I don't get to say what offends people then. <laughs> that don't have my skin color. So yeah, that's exactly the main point is that we aren't the ones to be deciding. Yeah, exactly. And, and appropriation, like, I guess that, you know, the biggest controversy around has lately has been the chop and, and they were saying that they were going to end it for this year, but then, I mean, I guess they did. (laughs) Congratulations, Atlanta. (laughs) I don't haven't seen any fans chopping this year, but that's another example of, how much is saying something and what are they doing toward it? Although they did mm-hmm. take down a statue or something. The, the chop on, it's a big, like it was just the logo. It said chop on in big letters, like a statue or a light up thing or mm-hmm. some, I don't know, in the concourse. So they did take that down. What was that? May, maybe April in the 
late spring. So that was a step that was taken even before we knew if fans were coming back or not. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. But I still would like to see more solid action. So we'll see. You know the opposition, right? Because you're probably dealing with them a lot on Twitter, the people who are. How do you think they're going to deal with it? Are they going to go with it? Most of these people are going to bitch and moan for a while, and then we'll be right back cheering for whatever the Atlanta team is maybe called in the future. If it really means that much to them that they're going to not cheer for them anymore, then see you bye, you know? That's, <laughs> like, that's exactly how I feel about what's going to happen in Cleveland. People are mouthing off now, but I'm going to write write this team off. I'm like, well, okay, then the reasons you're stay- you'd be staying are the wrong reasons. Yeah. So, but I think yeah. you're actually going to stick around. And when we win the World Series next year and the year after that, I don't want to hear <laughs> you guys cheering. You're not allowed to wear any shirts. You get, go. <laughs> I think that's totally fair. All right. So shirt free in Atlanta. I like it. Shirt free in Atlanta. <laughs> right. Take off your shirts. Although, you know, from being around Washington, I do recommend that they find another name because this limbo is just creating so many people slightly yeah, pissed off. Don't let some random guy copyright all your name ideas. <laughs> For instance, right? Please employ a 19 year old who can like, who can like look out for these things for you. <laughs> find someone in Gen Z. The other thing, though, that helped the Washington football team, which is not the case for you guys, is they were sucking for years. So it was sort of like, all right, let's try. It's like you try something new, get a new name, something to turn things around. Yeah. And I'm sure especially the bandwagon fans are going to be like, well, I just started cheering for Atlanta. Now they're something different. Oh, well. But you're right. You know, they're making the playoffs this year. You know, they're going to do people. are Yeah. Why? You would not abandon a winning team. Yeah. You just wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's going to be okay for everybody. <laughs> we really appreciate you hanging out with us this week that and and catching up on the best of Atlanta and tell the the main thing I was I was looking forward to seeing if Ashlyn or I would be swearing more. So tell her <laughs> that we missed her and that we'll have to figure out a good time to do this again when there's more big Atlanta news to go over. Yeah, definitely. Before we sign off, could you let us know how people can find you and how people can find Mansplain Baseball elsewhere? The podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at Mansplain BB Pod. We also have a Facebook page. It's just Mansplain Baseball Elsewhere. And we um, each have our own individual accounts with Twitter and Instagram. Our Twitters are all Braves Marla, Braves Ashen, Braves Emily. And our Instagrams are linked and we hope you come join us along for the ride. <laughs> Thank you so much, Marla. We're, we're listening. We're having a great time talking with you, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you, guys. I want to thank Marla again for hanging out with us today. That was so much fun. And um, we're going to be following Mansplain Baseball elsewhere to find out what happens to a team that actually makes it into the postseason, something I know nothing about this year, unfortunately, between <laughs> my Red Sox and my Nationals. I don't know. Keep hope alive. Where I have hope, though is in Taiwan. And right now, you, dear listeners, you cannot see this, but I am wearing the coolest jersey ever. It is a Lions jersey from their Cayman Rider weekend. And it's got this cool little bug looking guy on a motorcycle. And it's just kind of hot shit, as are the Lions still in first place. Now things are mighty tight. I know this might not hold, but right now it's really my sense of joy. So so people, please humor me on this. The Lions are in first place. The Guardians beat the Lions today and are only one game behind. 
And then it's the brothers who are beating up way too hard on the monkeys. And I am just not okay with that. The brothers are third. The monkeys are, are in last place, but they're only three games back. So seriously, by the time you guys hear this, Things could have changed. Things could change for next week. But y'all know that we have this bet going with Clive Sue. And um, and if the Lions win, we get stuff. So please root for the Lions with me. <laughs> Just as a reminder, what we're hoping for is for the Lions to make the postseason. The bra- brothers already did because in Taiwan, the, the, the team that makes the first half, each half, makes it to the postseason. Brian, the brothers made it the first half, so they're in. I'm hoping that the Lions just win the second half and get clean in, but there are other ways to get in. If the brothers end up winning both halves, then there's going to be a playoff between the next two teams to get the other, the other participant in the Taiwan finals. Or if there's a team that has a better percentage over the year than either winning team at the half, there's another playoff. And actually, I think the monkeys are more viable for that because they had a good average in the first half. If they get it together for the second half, they could do that playoff situation with the Lions if the Lions win the second half. That's, that's so, so my you're prediction. saying that, that the monkeys could win by math. Oh my God, that would be so perfect. Yeah, I, It would be so perfect for the Lions to win the second half by luck because that's me. And then the l- monkeys win by math for you. And then they <laughs> have a playoff before they get to play the evil brothers. And then we unify because everybody goes against the brothers. Sorry, brothers fans. Uh, it's huge <laughs> apology there. I'm as sorry about that as I am to Yankees fans. In Korea, the Dinos are back in a healthy first place. So, you know, even if my U.S.-based teams are sucking, I'm doing well on the other side of the world because I picked those Dinos. The heroes have slipped to two and a half games behind. Patty's Wyverns are just having a year with 30 games behind and the Eagles 34. Their regular season ends October 18th and then we get, this is going to be so much playoff stuff happening all at the same time, all day. Oh my God, it's going to be nutty. And actually, that's what I'm going to be doing this week is ticking off games as the uh, teams as they make it into this expanded playoff. Right now, Cleveland needs three more. Their magic number is three. San Diego's magic number is one. Those are the last couple of teams that I'm really like rooting for to make it into the top eight in their own uh, in their own divisions and their own conferences so yikes um it's going to be nail biting till the very Mm -hmm. end and then we're going to be overwhelmed with dare i say too much baseball is it ever too much baseball there is no such thing we're going to be just watching it all day and it'll be a good distraction for me while i'm getting a lot of work done (laughs) trying yikes yikes i'm gonna like see about taking some days off so i can spend the whole day the whole day watching uh, some baseball. Wouldn't brilliant. that be nice? That would be all right. So you know what? If, if you have some spare time in between, you know, all of this trying to figure out who's going to be in the playoffs or not, you should please feel free to find some back episodes of our show or tell your friends about us if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball or you can find us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast. Facebook and Instagram are both no crying in b-ball. And until then, please keep your social distance and wear your masks and fight the man and say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. All right, let me do that over. Fuck it. Poof.